Welcome back to The Functional Creative. This is episode 11. My name is Jay Ruzica. I am a photographer, filmmaker, and host of The Functional Creative, which means you're stuck with me for this episode. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so I wanted to talk about imposter syndrome today. And there's not a big intro because it's January 7th and I'm not going to tell you what I'm up to because I'm not really up to anything. I've been mostly spending time in my studio and um, watching YouTube. So I don't really have any kind of life updates that I feel like sharing here. But I do want to jump right into this and talk about imposter syndrome because I think that imposter syndrome is super common. I don't know if everybody experiences imposter syndrome regularly. I feel like everyone has experienced it at some point. When I'm talking to creatives, one of the reoccurring themes that comes up is their experience with imposter syndrome. When talking about their fears and insecurities and things that hold them back, imposter syndrome comes up often. And I think we should start this by defining imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is the experience of feeling like you're a fake, feeling like you're a phony, like you're gonna get found out at any moment. Like if you're a photographer that's, like if you're a family photographer and a family has just paid you to do photos and you're at a park or something and you're, getting ready to take their photos, or maybe you're in the process, and you feel like you're not really a photographer, that you're dressed up like a photographer, like it's a Halloween costume, and that you're afraid that they're going to find out like, oh, this person is not as experienced as other photographers out there. And you're wondering, like, why did they give you money out of all the photographers in the world? Why all the family photographers in the area? Why are you the one getting paid? And don't they know that like, you just have a camera and you're just trying your best, but like, you're not you're not Peter McKinnon. Like, I don't, Peter McKinnon's not a family photographer, but you get the point that a lot of people feel like they don't belong and that they're trying to be something instead of being something. And if this isn't you, to skip this, I'll see you next Friday. Uh, but, but if it is you, let's, let's talk about it a little bit because I've been there. I've had imposter syndrome my entire career. And we talked about it a little bit last week. I've been making movies now for 18 years. Is that right? Wow, that's upsetting. Um, I've been making movies for 18 years now. I've been doing videography for 18 years now. I've been doing photography professionally for about four years now and kind of as like a hobbyist type ordeal before that for I think probably, I think now it's been probably about a decade. I think I started it a decade ago. So I feel like this is very relatable to me because I still get imposter syndrome. When I'm hired to do a new gig, I feel like I'm trying sometimes to fit the role of a photographer or videographer. I feel like I'm trying to use the lingo and look the part. And the truth is I am a photographer and videographer. I do know what I'm doing. And it's something that I've had experience in for a long time. It's something that I do, but I still feel like when I'm on a new gig with maybe a client that I've never shot with before, oh, I have to like prove myself. And how long is it going to be before they're like, man, we probably should have went with a different photographer, somebody who knows what they're doing. <laughs> you know, and, and once again, it's not speaking on your skills because you can be highly skilled and still feel this way. And what causes imposter syndrome? Nobody really knows, I don't think. Some people have said that it's anxiety. 
Some people have said that maybe you had an experience in your youth that somehow led to you having these feelings. I'm not a psychologist. I don't even play one on television. I have no desire to try to get into the psychology of why people have imposter syndrome. But since it is common enough, let's find ways that we can combat it. And the first way to combat imposter syndrome is to know that you're not alone. I mean, I've already said it multiple times since we started this recording. A lot of people have this. A lot of people in every field have this. This isn't just a creative thing. There are CEOs of companies that are sitting around their their desk waiting to be found out for not being a real business person. There are filmmakers making movies in Hollywood that are still like, I don't think I'm allowed to be here. Like this person just brought me coffee. Maybe I should be the one bringing coffee. That's actually a real experience of of, uh, of somebody that I know working in Hollywood. And they're pretty uh, pretty well-known filmmaker, I would say. If you know directors, you you might recognize the name, but they say to me all the time, and I don't want to name them here because I feel like I'm doxing them with imposter syndrome talk, but they tell me before that like they'll stand there in between takes and they're just waiting for somebody to come up and like remove them from the building. <laughs> like, hey, you're not supposed to be here. It turns out we wanted a real director, not you. So I, I think, you know, it's like I said, it's common. You're not alone dealing with this. This isn't just something that you're feeling. This is something that many people are feeling and not just new people, not just inexperienced people, people with lots of experience in their field, people who are respected in their field oftentimes feel like, why am I respected? Do they know that I shouldn't be this respected? <laughs> Maybe they, if they really found out the real me, that I wouldn't be in this position anymore. So I think the first thing is to realize that this isn't something that you're dealing with by yourself. This isn't some kind of weird insecurity that you have and only you have. It's common. Once you realize that it's common, then you can kind of move into the next step of combating imposter syndrome. And that's focus on the facts and remind yourself of your accomplishments. So I said before that as a videographer, I still get imposter syndrome, but sometimes I don't realize how much work that I've put in over the years and how much I've learned over the years. Like if you gave my camera to just some random person who's never done video before and said, here, go make a video, they probably wouldn't be able to do it. They would, they would probably look for the movie mode and then hit the red button that says record. But they don't know about frame rates. They don't know about ISO. They don't know about f-stops. They don't know about composition or lighting or sound recording or all the things that you learn over the years when you're kind of improving your craft and learning your craft. They don't know that. And I think that sometimes we take it for granted because we think that it's not very hard to learn and, and that people can pick up on it the second they touch a camera. And they can't. It's, it's, this is something that's just learned over time. So if you were to hand your camera to some person off the street who's never made a video before, they wouldn't be able to do what you do because they haven't had the experience that you've had. They haven't made the mistakes that you've made, right? We talked about this before too. The way to learn, the easiest way to learn anything isn't watching tutorial videos on YouTube. It's not listening to podcasts like this one. Please keep listening, though, anyway. <laughs> the way to learn anything really quickly is to do it and mess it up <laughs> because you're going to realize what you messed up and you're not going to do that again. So uh, mistakes are completely normal, and even people with the most experience in their individual fields make mistakes. But you have to focus on all the things you've learned. You, ha you have to focus 
on your accomplishments. Maybe you are a photographer that got published. Maybe you are a painter that had your work shown in a gallery. Maybe you don't even have to have your work shown in a gallery. Maybe you sold one of your paintings on Etsy and it's sitting in someone's living room right now. I mean, that's pretty good. That means somebody out there thought, wow, the thing that they created here is great. I want to see it every day. I think it's easy to take for granted what you've learned over the years and to think that it doesn't really matter that much. But if you look back at your first day doing whatever you do and think about all the things that you've learned between now and then, you're going to see that you have improved greatly and you've learned so much and all these little tips and tricks have made you better. And these are tips and tricks that the average person wouldn't know. Another way to help get over imposter syndrome is to ask for help. Listen, I know the feeling of wanting to be the hero, wanting to have everything figured out. You want to be able to show up at your job and do everything on your own. And even though you might have questions and you don't know how to do something that you're just going to try to push through anyways and fake it, you know, the whole fake it till you make it. Listen, I have real strong feelings on fake it till you make it. I don't think fake it till you make it is a good thing to do. (laughs) I, I really don't. I don't think that fake it until you make it is good because anybody who knows anything about that field knows when you're faking it. So instead of faking it till you make it, I think that you should just keep learning until you make it. (laughs) You know, like the job that, and this is once again, it falls into imposter syndrome. The job that you get in a creative field, you've earned that. That didn't just fall into your lap. I mean, sometimes, listen, sometimes people are more lucky than others, but no one gets any kind of creative job, whether it be a staff job or a freelance gig. No one gets these unless they have something to show, that they have experience, that the person buying their services likes their work. These things aren't accidents. So don't fake it till you make it. Keep learning and improving until you make it. And asking for help is a big part of that because a lot of times if you're working as a part of a team and you're asked to do something that you maybe don't know how to do, you're going to slow everybody down. And chances are you're not just going to be able to figure it out on the fly. And sometimes you might, but I don't think that's sustainable. Just being able to constantly pull things out of midair and make them work. I think you can really slow down other team members. I think that's a way that people can look negatively upon you is if they ask you to do something, you don't know how to do it, and you just go ahead and try to figure it out anyway. Ask for help if you need it. There are people that are there to help you. And even if you feel like there's no one here to help me, I am a photographer by myself on a gig, look at all the issues that might arise on a photo shoot. Figure out what might not work. Figure out what you're not super comfortable with yet. And seek out those answers before your shoot. And if you're on a photo shoot and they want you to do something and you don't have the ability to do it, I think you just need to be honest and say that, hey, listen, I don't have the skills to do this right now. Otherwise, you might waste people's time. You know, you don't want to waste anybody's time, especially when you're offering a service. But that doesn't mean you can't go home and then learn it. The perfect example of a great learning opportunity is when you don't know how to do something, you go and find out. But you don't guess. <laughs> you, don't, you don't just guess. Ask for help when you need it. Don't be afraid to ask others for help. When I started doing photography, the amount of people that I started asking questions to, I would bother them and ask everything. And I felt really annoying about it. But 
you know, I think like being on the other side of that now with people asking me questions about photography, I'm not annoyed to give you answers. I'm happy to give you answers. And if you run into somebody in your field that wants to protect their answers, they're a clown. Just ignore that and move on because we're here to help each other. We're here to support each other. There's enough jobs, freelance or staff-wise, there's enough jobs to go around for everybody. It's 2022. Everything's gone digital, right? So there's enough creative jobs in the world for everybody. You're not competing with other people. You're competing with your own self now. Keep that in mind. So always ask for help. Never be afraid to ask somebody more experienced for information. Get that knowledge because that's going to be helpful because you'll know how to do something. Even if it's complex, you'll know how to do something complex. And when you're in a situation where now you know how to do that, you're not going to feel like much of an imposter. You're going to say, oh, I got this. Lastly, a way to overcome imposter syndrome is to talk to others. And this is a little bit different than asking for help. The thing is, we sometimes look at ourselves and our skills like a magic eye book. Remember those magic eye books? People who are in their mid-30s and older probably remember these. I know they were big in the 90s. I don't know if they're still big, but you would take this book, you would open it up, and there would be like some kind of colorful smudge of paint on the page, and you'd put your nose up to the book, and you would cross your eyes. And after a certain amount of time, you'd slowly pull the book away from your face, and then there would be a picture there that you that you could see now because you did this special magic eye trick of <laughs> crossing your eyes and holding it close to your face. Sometimes we look at our own careers and our own hobbies, if you're a hobbyist, like a magic eye. We're so involved in it. It's our day-to-day. We're not seeing the whole picture here. It's very easy to not see how good you are at what you do. It's very easy to not fully grasp how experienced you are at what you do because you're constantly seeing, and I know you're doing this, I do it, you're constantly seeing people that are better than you and you're saying, wow, they're, they're real good. Like they're, that's a real artist. That's a real filmmaker. That's a real musician. When in actuality, that's you too. You just have different sets of skills and, and these other people might have skills that you haven't built yet, but I bet you have skills that they haven't built yet. So I think that talking to others gives some clarity because their face isn't in the magic eye book, other people. They're seeing the full picture. So they see the work that you put out. They're not in your head hearing the negative thoughts that you're telling yourself. They don't hear those insecurities. They can only see what is put in front of them and they can look at it as an unbiased subject. And a lot of times I think if you talked to friends and family and acquaintances, they would tell you that we really like what you do. We think that it's really good. This is something that I really like about your work. So sometimes it's hard to see that because we're too close to our own selves. We're, we're too close to the subject matter. These people just see the results of the work. And they're able to tell you, hey, you're really good. So sometimes it's just as simple as talking to others and getting their feedback. And I think doing that, you're going to learn a lot about how you're perceived. I had somebody recently tell me that, oh, I knew this was your photo before I saw your name on it because I have become accustomed to your style. Like it's very stylized, which is what a lot of people like to hear. They want to hear that they have their own unique look. I mean, I've done this last step. I've felt really like I've had a lot of imposter syndrome recently. 
And I've done this step and I've had people tell me like, oh no, your, your stuff's really good. I really like how it's cinematic. You know, these things that you just don't think about when, when you're making it. So never be afraid to talk to other people. Imposter syndrome, I don't know if, if you can always fully defeat it. I would like to think you can. Like I said, I'm, I'm sitting next to you in this scenario right now. I know how to beat it, which is why I'm talking to you about it. But it doesn't mean that I don't feel it. It doesn't mean that I don't experience it. The best that we can do is just try to remember that we are constantly improving and working towards a goal. There's no such thing as being bad in your field. There is such thing as being inexperienced. But if you put in the work, and I know this sounds so cliche, I get it, but it's true. If you put in the work and you continue to learn and repeat what you do and be consistent, you're going to get better. In fact, you're going to do more than get better. You're going to become an expert. You don't have to be born naturally talented at something. You can be as talented as you want to be just by putting in the work and being consistent and constantly challenging yourself to be better. Now, for my listeners who maybe have been doing something in their creative field for a number of years, I'm going to give you a little bit of homework. For some of you, it's probably been a while since you've had homework. Maybe some of you have homework now. Maybe you're a college student, so you can just pile this on to your current homework. I want you to go back to when you first started, whatever it is you do. And I want you to look at the work that you created back then. I don't want you to just look at one thing or listen to one thing. I want you to go back and view everything that you did during that time period. I think you're going to be surprised that you might remember it being a certain quality. I bet it's not as good as you remember it being. <laughs> and I know because I did this recently. I went back and watched a lot of my movies from like 2007 and 2008, 2009. They're not great. <laughs> they, they are not. I was shocked about how bad they were. I actually found a video reel that I did like five years ago. And I was kind of like off put by it. I was thinking, I thought this was better. I thought I was better at this time period, but that's a good thing. This is not a negative. This is a good, if you go back and you feel that way, this is a good thing because that means that your work has improved so much since then. And you're so used to now being consumed by your new quality output that you haven't really taken the time to go back and see how much you've improved since you started. So definitely go back, see your old work, take a look at it. I guarantee that you're going to feel a lot better about what you're doing now. And you're going to see mistakes that you made back then. And I don't want you to feel cringy about finding those mistakes. I want you to be able to go back and say, hey, look, at that time, I didn't know how to do this. Now I do. I think with all these steps, it will help deal with imposter syndrome. And even if you can't fully eliminate it, you can continue to use these steps in order to continue to combat it. What are your thoughts on imposter syndrome? What do you struggle with? Do you need somebody to talk to you about it? We talked about that step. Talk to somebody who is unbiased. Send us a message at The Functional Creative on Instagram. I'll take a look at your work. I'll let you know what I think. I'm not here to tear your work apart. I'm here to find things that are good. I'm here to find things that you're great at. And I'm here to find areas that you can improve in. And that doesn't mean that you're bad in them. It just means that, listen, everyone can improve something in their life in their work. It's just, that's just how it is. You're never finished. You don't end up getting to a point where you're like, okay, I think my meter's full. I'm done. I think this is what I am forever. <laughs> you're continuing to learn. So if you want me to take a look at your work and you need somebody to talk to about imposter syndrome, certainly, you know, you can talk to people who know you very well. 
but we're always here at, at the Functional Creative on Instagram, and I would love to hear from you. Give us a follow. Connect with us. I hope your 2022 is off to a good start. We're in the. I said something recently to somebody. I'm like, that's not how we do things in the 20s, and <laughs> how off-putting that was to hear the 20s. But yeah, we're in the 20s now. So you know, let's let's make the 20s your decade. And one day in the future, we'll be in the 30s, and you'll be even better then, and hopefully experiencing much less imposter syndrome. Well, I hope this gave you some ideas on how you can fight back against imposter syndrome. I hope maybe made you realize that you're actually a lot better than sometimes you give yourself credit for. And I look forward to hopefully building those skills this year in 2022 with this podcast. I've loved connecting with all of you who have reached out so far, and I think we're going to do a lot of cool stuff this year. So give us a follow on Instagram. See you next week, episode 12, right here at The Functional Creative.